Okay, so I basically have a 50-50 shot at this point, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I will say, oh, that one's the strawberry. Yes! No! <laughs> Fudge! Fudge! That was strawberry! I lost! <laughs> Bam! Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, we try to keep our early morning memory sharp as we flip for yummy, yummy pancakes. Next, we become a force of nature to shape the world and all its creatures in Ecos. And lastly, we pitch the dice to ditch our deck in Switch 16. I'm your host, Celeste DeAngelis. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid explorers. Hi, I'm Evan Bernstein, back from my international travels to faraway lands. I'm Ed Povolaitis, I'm back from building faraway land. Yeah. I'm Mike Grenier, and I just got back from Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Evan. Thanks. Thanks, Celeste. Thanks, everyone. We have so many games we want to explore with you, but there is just not enough time. Wait, I have a solution. I've developed new technology that will warp space and time to show our fans all the components of the games we love in <laughs> hyperspeed. Brilliant. Now we have the power to speed up and slow down images at our whim. <laughs> Are we just using video editing? Silence! This is my moment. <laughs> Our new hyper unboxings can be seen on Instagram and will soon be on our YouTube channel. So look for a lot more videos coming from us in 2020. And as always, please leave us a rating, a review, Facebook post, tweet, Insta, retweet, article shout out, or just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It really helps others find our show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Our first game up this week is Yummy Yummy Pancake, mm-hmm. designed by Johan Go, published by Mayday Games in 2017. Number of players 2 to 4, ages 5 and up. Playtime, 15 minutes. Okay, when we found this game on the menu down at the local game diner, which I think, by the way, would be way more popular than a game cafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what were our first thoughts? Mike? Will Evan and Celeste be able to resist eating this game? Hmm. Yum. Ed? I'm a bit concerned and perplexed about the actual frying pan in the box. (laughs) Evan? (laughs) Yummy, yummy pancake is double redundant, and even still, you could add another yummy to it. Yummy, yummy, yummy pancake. Don't listen to Ed. The frying pan in the box is by far the best part. But before (laughs) we pour syrup on this review, Evan, (laughs) tell us how it's played. In Yummy Yummy Pancake, you're trying to identify pancakes in a frying pan, but were you paying enough attention to know what's there? On their turn, a player lays out eight face-up tokens in a frying pan, and all other players get to see the toppings on these pancakes. The active player attempts to flip as many pancakes as possible, and then chooses a face-down pancake and a player. If this player can identify what's on the other side, they claim this pancake. Otherwise, the flipper keeps it. The flipper may continue to challenge players to remember pancakes or end their turn, in which case the next player refills the pan to eight face-up pancakes and takes their turn. Once the pancake supply runs out, whoever has the most pancakes 
wins, just like real life. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, whoever eats the most pancakes wins. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, they win something, uh, maybe a trip to the hospital yeah. or something. Yeah, I'll win a trip to the hospital if I eat an entire stack of pancakes. <laughs> so, this game really does come with a frying pan. Mm -hmm. It does. It's like the size of the box. It's sizable, it, and it, in a way, the ergonomics of it, it kind of feels like a frying pan. Maybe not as heavy as iron or a metal like that. It is plastic, but at the same time, they, they got that prop or that piece of the game uh, really well done. It's the perfect size for kids, and it makes a great sound when those little plastic pancakes are flipping in it. Even if they didn't want to play the game, there's a lot to be done just with the toys in the box. It does sound like the game's easy enough to learn, though. Oh, it is. It's just straight up memory game. There's not a lot, uh, a lot there, but no, you show everybody where all this, the pancakes are in there, and you try to flip them all over with one flip, if you can, and then, all right, what was this pancake then? Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, but don't they end up in different places inside the pan? Like, oh yeah, you, when you flip it, they can be in different places. Right? So they're kind of taking a chance, even if they know every single pancake that's in there. They're taking the chance that, that they're picking the exact one that they remember. Right. Well, you'll notice like, oh, I remember there were four blueberries and two strawberries in that pan, and I already see two blueberries, so there's probably a strawberry left. Right. So they're taking their chances a little bit. Right. But And also, the flipper gets to press their luck by stopping or, or letting them continue to flip. Oh. Right. They have to do at least one guess, but uh, if they think, oh, this person might not be able to get this one either, I'm going to go for it. Right. But if it's like, yeah, yeah, these guys going to know what all these are, and they're going to pass it on. You can definitely see scenarios where you are going to want to pass or pl start playing with, with another player or stop the turn because of the ratio of things that are face up versus face down. Mm -hmm. You also have to be aware as the flipper of what those percentages are. And if you think that the opponent has a good chance of getting it based on the odds, then you're best to not press your luck and stop there. But if you have a friend who has a super terrible memory, you can just press your luck all the way through because they might not remember anything that's in the pan. That is true. Right. And the six-year-old is going to be playing the personalities, not the odds. <laughs> yeah. No, but it would be also, in a sense, educational in that you could be teaching the kids about percentages and ratios. Mm -hmm. So you could make an argument that this is... A bit of a math education game. A little bit yeah. of math, and I think a big part of it is memory and getting people to focus and remember what was shown and what wasn't there before is a good education, too. Well, it also teaches a little bit of strategy because of the press-your-luck element. Yeah, and it's, it's a fun version of memory. It certainly beats laying out nine cards on a table and flipping them over back and forth and back and forth. I think this is a, a nice yeah. enhancement to that. Oh, sure, because they're going to want to remember strawberries or chocolate chip pancakes. I mean, come on, everybody <laughs> like that better than say, well, that was just a queen of diamonds. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't mean uh, like a regular 52-card deck. I just meant a, a memory. general memory deck game. But I can't stress enough how much kids enjoy the components of this game. It's a lot more fun to pretend you're cooking as a child mm. than to just organize pieces of cardboard. Yeah, I would have loved that game when I was younger. Plus, it teaches you that cool, like, Gordon Ramsay pan flip thing, you know, where you push the pan and pull it back real quick. Yes, the flipping, of course. So the, there's a physical component to the game, which is very cool. And if you think about it, I think about myself when I was five years old. You know, I was, I, I, you know, kids throw toys around and stuff. And that's just being five. But in this game, 
you have to control yourself in order to obtain the best flips. You're kind of teaching the kids how to sort of control their desires to act out and play out. Because if you just go flipping all those pancakes all over the place, you don't get a turn. You You have to do it again. So there has to be a monicum of control in the game physically. And I think that's also good for the kids. Yes. Who knew that yummy, yummy pancake would have so many like teaching tools in it? <laughs> right. No, that that's what makes it a good game. I, think. I mean, you can practice flipping your actual pancake on a plastic one. This way you can get good. It's a cooking tip. <laughs> yeah. If you like making pancakes the size of a Snapple cap or something. <laughs> yes. I do. I make silver dollar pancakes. Yes, those are silver dollar yeah, pancakes. Silver dollar pancakes. So my, ki- my kids are animals. I can't give them a bigger pancake than a silver dollar. <laughs> you know, nobody's gonna know pretty soon nobody's gonna know what a silver dollar is and we'll just be like oh, that's true oh don't folks. be silly mike they don't know now <laughs> they, uh, that's true that's true <laughs> do they know what a wooden nickel is <laughs> Whoa. evan's really showing his age there. I, I have to say my kids did play with all these components without even playing the game they're 10 and before they even played the actual game they had electric candles out on the table as the fryer and they had to hold, oh they insisted that the pan be held over the electric candles so they oh. added yet another element <laughs> they turned it into a kitchen larp that. kind of game i like that <laughs> oh a kitchen larp oh I'm telling you, you, a gaming diner, it's a million dollar idea. We get royalties on that, anyone who invents that. So you heard it here first. Uh, I mean, who eats more diner food than gamers? We also got a promo pack to add new gold or a new way to play the game. You get individual player boards, and the goal is to fill up your specific orders. Like, I need to get two strawberry pancakes and four blueberry pancakes while you need the banana pancakes and the chocolate chip one. Wow. That is like being a short order cook. So that is, that adds to the role playing element almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And another skill. (laughs) (laughs) We got this game at PAX at the May Day Games booth. Uh, I know Mikey had a chance to chat with the folks running the booth. Oh, yes. Uh, they were really cool, and uh, they had a whole bunch of different games to show us and uh, gave us a bunch of games to do reviews on, so you'll be seeing a lot more of Mayday in the future. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Yummy Yummy Pancake. Ed? Well, this isn't a particularly deep game, and I wouldn't necessarily pick it up for me. The combination <laughs> of dexterity and memory should play very well with younger players, so dig it up for them. Evan? Ages five and up is appropriate. Fun time with the kiddies and works on their dexterity, self-control, and math skills. Flip it up. (laughs) See what I did there? I like that. We might not play this on the same night we played Demacher, (laughs) but it definitely has a place in my home. Uh, My kids fully enjoyed it. Dig it up. Evan, where can you find this game? Mayday Games has it at their website, and it's also available at other online stores. MSRP, $30. If you have thoughts about Yummy Yummy Pancake, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our next game up is Ecos First Continent, designed by John D. Clare, published by Alderac Entertainment Group in 2019. Number of players, 2 to 6, ages 14 and up. Playtime, 45 to 75 minutes. Okay, when we found a hippo chewing through a copy of this game, what were our first thoughts? Evan? I see hex tiles and cards and cubes and miniatures and a velour bag. I like what I see. Mike? 
Ah, the calm and peaceful antelope on the box ensures me that there will be no conflict whatsoever. <laughs> Ed? You had me at hexes. <laughs> Before we start this menagerie of a review, Evan, tell us how it's played. What if the formation of Earth had gone differently? In Eco's first continent, players are forces of nature molding the planet, but with competing visions of its grandeur. Which landscapes, habitats, and species thrive will be up to you. Gameplay in Ecos is simultaneous. Each round, one player reveals element tokens from the element bag. This gives all the players an opportunity to complete a card from their tableau and shape the continent to their own purpose. The game ends at either 60 or 80 points, your choice. When the first player hits the goal, the last round is triggered, and the winner is declared. The winner. The, the winner. The deity of this world. <laughs> what type of game is this? Eco has a, a nice set of different game mechanics. It has a modular game board, a form of set collection as its main mechanism, and an action selection component. It's a beautiful game to look at. We should just start there. It has mm. really lovely components. The art on everything is impeccable. Um, everything was, was beautifully drawn, brightly colored. And it has two of my favorite components in it, hexes and a velour bag. Mm-hmm. So what's the bag for? Okay, so this bag has mm, the chits. all the wooden element token. These things are amazing. They're sizable. And, they're, they're, and one player... It pulling them out one at a time, just announcing what they get. It's for only that player, or does everybody share? Everybody shares in what is pulled. It's very exciting when they get pulled and get revealed. It's a big part of your strategy each turn is what's coming out of that bag. I really do enjoy these games where you play a card and try to accomplish what's on the card. Yeah, it lets people like me that are super greedy control how greedy they are. And you got a handful of cards you can choose. Which ones do you want to be working for? Everybody has a dial token. So when you have an element that you can't use on your card, you can turn the dial. And after two or three turns of the dial, you can activate it to either get more cards into your hand or play cards to your tableau. Yeah, it helps you build your engine, basically. Right. So you can decide which cards you want to be working towards. Maybe you don't want to have all animals as a symbol because there's only so many animals in the deck. So you don't want to have five cards on your table that need animals. What are the different types of elements that you're using to build stuff with? There are sunshines, there are eggs, there are antelope. Yeah, I mean, you can see them all in our hyper unboxing right on our Instagram page right now, uh, if you wanted to. Uh, they are really pretty, aren't they, Ev? Yes, beautiful. All the components of this game are beautiful. There are zoo boxes that hold all the animal tokens. And it's made out of cardboard, so it, they provided it for you, and it looks really cool. It makes them look like little pens are around them or something? Basically. The animal tokens are circular tokens, and they're just a box that you can stick them all in. It's neat. Totally cute. I kind of wish I could have made more use of them. I felt like I wasn't doing much world building. I, I enjoyed the set collecting part of it, but I didn't really get a feel of world building. I was doing the world building. It was a lot of fun sticking the more, you know, hexes of water and land out there, then putting mountains on there, then forests and populating with animals here and there, and then getting the animals eaten up for points. And that's where the cards come in. They tell you basically what to do to yield the highest point values. 
And if you can create the landscape a certain way and craft it to the maximum capability that the card will allow you, you can score lots and lots of points in a single card. What was it like to play through a whole turn? You see, that's the one the other thing that's neat. It's simultaneous. One player who called the Harbinger had the bag. He mm-hmm. pulls out one token and just announced and showed what it is. And then everybody can decide how to use that token in, at the same time. You know, oh, they decide, oh, uh, that's yes. a sun. I can put a sun on this. I can take one cube and put it on the sun spot of this card. Or I can't use that. I turn my dial. There's a lot of elements of this game that you can play at the same time and a few that you have to wait your turn for. I thought it was a great combination of the two. And just to speak about world building, yes, I did feel like I was world building, but I was able to benefit substantially from Evan and Ed's efforts in world building, meaning you can still use those places that are down once they're down, once somebody else has built them. You share the world with everybody, basically. Yeah, the, the world is one thing. Everybody's working to build the same world. That's really cool. Yeah, so I didn't have to place a hippo. I just had to look for somebody else's hippo to use if I need <laughs> if I needed a hippo on my card. And, and we didn't necessarily know whether she was trying to score off a hippo or not. Right. Is there like hidden information or something? It's all open, but no, you don't really have time to sit there and read everybody's card. Oh, yeah, gotcha. that is that is a good point. There's enough there for you to concentrate on your own palette of cards and information that you're pretty well focused on what you're trying to do. And although it'd be good if you could pay attention to kind of what your opponents are doing, I think most of your mental effort goes into just what's right in front of you. Yeah. If you were going to play a game of blocking the other guy instead of getting your own uh, stuff done, I don't think that would be a good path to victory. You would end up not getting enough victory points. Yeah. You couldn't get your engine working good well enough to get you to the victory points you need, right, Celeste? Because you won, as I predicted you would win. (laughs) You did predict it, although I don't know how or why you predicted I would win this game. Because when we've played kind of similar games to this in the past, I think you've done quite well in them. I guess it's that intuitive sense of the cards. I just really enjoy the compartmentalization of victory points in these types of games. I can hyper-focus on small chunks at a time. Yeah, your plan A. I mean, you, you are big yeah. into plan A. Your plan Bs leave much to be desired, but if when plan A works for you, it's hard to stop you. You guys are going to play this with me, right? Yes. There's a random element to the game. The bag has a collection of the token. But if you're looking for, say, the animal token, and there's only two of them in a bag, and it doesn't come up, that might slow you down a little bit. You might have to adjust your plan. That's right. There's a total of 40. You start with 40 in the bag. Two out of 40, well, that's one in 25% chance you're going to draw that animal at first. But your chances will increase as other tiles get drawn from that bag. And there's also two wild tokens in there. Oh, the all-important wild tokens. When a wild token is drawn, all the other tiles get thrown back into the bag, and then the bag passes to the next player, and then they are the harbinger. So there's never a point where you can fully predict what's in the bag because... Mm-hmm. You're going to get a wild token that resets it. Right. So you can actually come to a point where you never see certain tokens come out of that bag. You could conceivably get to the point where there are only two tokens left in the bag, and they are both the wild tokens. <laughs> Mathematically speaking, that's not super uh, <laughs> super likely, but it's it's possible. Uh, Celeste had a draw of about 25 tokens or so on one of her oh, wow. turns as the yes, Harbinger. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, whereas Ed, yeah. twice, basically pulled the wild card first yeah. or second. And <laughs> and the Harbinger goes first, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah. Rapper. A sun, an ocean, or a wild. So here's how it works. It triggers the end of the game when you get to 16. Oh, you guys get last licks? The end of the game is when you pull a wild. So if you pull a wild before oh, you get no. to 16, everything goes back in the bag. Oh, and then you go. no. So you better, you better pull a sun or an pull ocean. something Where other than a leopard? wild right now. Oh, there he is. Now the odds are highly in Yeah, I know. Now, now you're going to... You may proceed. Oh, <laughs> are you serious? Nico. So what happens is when you fill up your your card with all the energy cubes, you get to call Ecos. 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 And what does that do? <laughs> oh, just you just get to. It call just it. lets you say it. <laughs> yeah, it's pleasant to hear. Well, no, it's like Yahtzee, right? It's a bingo. It's a bingo call. You've completed your card. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And that can happen on any on any round or any pull of a of a tile from the bag. Anyone can call Ecos if they've completed their card. But if you have a case in which, say, everyone has performed Ecos with the t- drawing of a single tile, then it does go in a specific order in which you go ahead and play the play your card out. And it starts with the harbinger, the person who is drawing from the bag. So the turn order can have implications on the game. Because after she called Ecos and I called Ecos, but she modifies the board after her turn, and I'm like, ah, oh, I get the sloppy second. Yep, that's it. It may not be optimal if you come if you have to play second or third or fourth, right. or depending on how many people are playing. And that was all luck. Mm-hmm. So that is an important luck factor. It sounds like the luck doesn't really dominate this game, though. No, not at all. No, it does not. It's it's well balanced. When you have to have a luck element in your game, those things can get out of control pretty quickly, but not in this case. I think they've done a good job of bringing it into balance and controlling it. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Ecos. Evan? It's an engine-building game, essentially, with elements of luck splashed in for good measure, so don't fear the swings, Mikey. They work nicely (laughs) in this game. Dig it up. Ed? You are at the mercy of the luck of the draw. But you get some benefit from every pull. And it's fun to set up a chain of cards with synergy. This eco triggers this eco to trigger this other one. <laughs> that is so fun. I'm going to dig it up just for that. Oh, yeah. Evan had a word for that, didn't it? When you get multiple ecoses in one turn, we called it an, an ecoscade or a cascadicos. All right. A cascadicos, east coastcade. I like cascadicos. <laughs> That's good, <laughs> This game had a delightful implementation of its theme. It was beautiful to look at, fun and easy to play, really smooth sailing, a great night of gaming. Dig it up. Ed, where can you find it? Ecos is a brand new game. You can find it at most game stores and online. MSRP, about 60 bucks. You can see our hyper unboxing of Ecos on our Instagram now. And if you have thoughts, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter. Facebook, and Instagram. Our last game up this week is Switch 16, designed by Anthony Vadas, published by Pressman Toy Corp. in 2001. Number of players, two to four, ages seven and up, playtime, 20 minutes. Okay, when we opted to play this game instead of hitting the craps tables at Foxwoods, what were our first thoughts, Evan? We've had a good run of reviewing dice games with a dice-rolling arena. I hope this one continues the streak. Ed? I should be able to swish up my luck with these dice. Mike? I see lots of distracting colors. Looks very chaotic. 
dice cards and those high quality mass market plastic components that only toy companies can put in? I can't <laughs> wait. But before I have Mike blow on this review for luck, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Switch 16, each player has a deck of cards numbered 1 through 16. During your turn, you roll dice and you may remove the top card and subsequent cards if some combination of the dice add up to their number. You can choose to roll more than once, but a significant penalty is applied if you then can't remove a card. But there is another die rolled that may allow you to block other players or even switch decks with them. Yep. Wait <laughs> I was for waiting it, Mike. for the... Wait for it. <laughs> oh, I will. I'm holding my breath waiting to talk about this game. You win if you're the first to remove all the cards in your deck, especially if you switched it with someone else who was doing all the work. Thank you. <laughs> who was just about to win. <laughs> oh, my God. Defeat snatched from the jaws of victory. Sounds fun. Mike, <laughs> now, Mike, you're not saying that it... That if you were to play this game, you would get all the way up to, say, 15, one card away from victory, and then you'd have to roll a die. You don't even have to finish. That's precisely what would happen to me. (laughs) Just making sure Uh, I I understand clearly. I've actually already, when you described the game, had a vision of that happening to me and got really angry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the stage, though, is set very nicely for Mike's frustration there are very (laughs) high quality components as you would expect from a toy company and it was the 90s when they developed it so you know it's got these cool plastic pieces and yeah ridiculously heavy plastic that no one in their right mind would design today in a game because it would Mm -hmm. just cost too much Um, so it was great for all that the cards had nice slots in the circle around the edge that you could put stuff into that you could put them into and a place to roll the dice in the center and has all the components it would need to be cool except for that one die you're talking about that really <laughs> throws the monkey wrench into the <laughs> worst. Oh, the yes. switch die. Ah, the switch die. The switch Every 16. switch. Yeah, even better. <laughs> Let me get this straight. The entire game you probably aren't playing for yourself. You're playing for somebody else who's going to steal your deck when it gets better. Yeah, but it's not like you have the option to not pull your cards down if you roll the proper dice combination. I mean, if you're hacking away at your deck and getting towards the end there you can't stop oh of course not you don't want to sandbag because you could win i guess there are a couple (laughs) of ways to protect yourself too mike yeah you can have a block which is a token that you're given yeah why didn't they make it a block though that would have been smarter (laughs) like a token that's called block that's actually (laughs) a block i know it was just sitting there right yeah i want it to be a block with the word block on it they already have cube shaped (laughs) components all they had to do was mm-hmm. make one of them say block on it. It's not it. just a poker chip, which are kind of pleasant and ergonomic. This thing had ridges on it that are, were like almost oh. razor sharp. That you, yeah. it, it, it made <laughs> feeling the token very unpleasant. You wanted to put, you wanted to not handle it because it was just very uncomfortable in your hands. So the ergonomics here were bad. That was to prevent people from taking it from you. <laughs> when you when you have the block thing, it, it stop people from touching it's, your cards. Oh, it's like a psychological challenge. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm here playing Switch 16, and they're playing three dimensional chess with my mind. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see what's this going on. This game sounds now. that deep. <laughs> <laughs> this game is utter mayhem. 
utter mayhem. (laughs) (laughs) You roll the dice, you grab decks of cards, you shove them into other slots, you try to remember what which deck you're even playing off of sometimes you know you're rolling cards wait do i use the block now i use it later i is there like a speed component happening here too like no <laughs> other than wanting the game to end <laughs> there is i mean yeah there is that i mean sorry i was just trying to see if it fit all my nightmare checkboxes. <laughs> so at least there's one left off that's good you, you have uh-huh. to play your if you have the block token you have to enact it before whatever is occurring occurs Otherwise, it's oh. too late at that point. So there sort of is a speed factor there. The block is a, is an interrupt effect, so you can use it at any time on anybody, even people that even things that have nothing to do with you. So if like if you tried to steal Evan's deck, you can block it. <laughs> so you can play Kingmaker or screw your neighbor. Yeah, if Ed is about to take Evan's deck, yeah. you could block that if you you know if you wanted to. Oh. Is there any reason why I would do that? Or no, don't want Evan to win. <laughs> So kingmaking yeah. is the reason. Oh, uh, yeah. Good elements of, of the game. <laughs> All the best stuff. All the best stuff. There are two other spots on the switch die. There's a green switch and a red switch. So the green switch, you can choose to take somebody else's deck that's not protected by a block. When you roll the red switch, you must take the highest deck in the game and switch it with them. Oh, so it's a bad switch. You're taking a worse deck. Yep. Backward momentum. Oh, no. The the rules are written in classic 90s style where oh, you have yeah. to read about three <laughs> yes. pages of rules to to glean the two sentences that are of any value. It requires a language expert to interpret. <laughs> and you can never seem oh. to find them when you need them because they're never in an intuitive spot in the rules. Celeste, you missed one very important part, although you alluded to it earlier. A game can end in about 60 seconds. <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh, it man. really can. Once you get to those middle numbers, right, between like four and nine, when the dice are going to constantly be rolling those numbers, because that's what dice do when they're, you know, mm-hmm. D6s. So. Yeah, right. They're going to roll sevens and sixes and eights mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, you can get on that roll and get right mm-hmm. out, get done. Thank no, I'm doing it. Ah, can't help you're a gambler. Six. There's an Seven, eight. eight. Six, eight. There's an eight. And a switch. And a nine. Oh, but it's a green switch, so no. And a nine. Seven, eight, nine. And a ten. And a ten. And an eleven. And an eleven. Oh! Is that a go more? Give go me five. More? Give me another die. Hell yes. Whoa. Celeste, you're going to blow this game out of the water. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Twelve. Yeah, she got a twelve. Now a thirteen. So does it take a long time to get past the snake eyes in the in the game? It worked like, it for me, but for Celeste, yeah. you got past it. And then when you get eight, it becomes a new floor. It becomes a new floor. So you can't, like, you can press your luck. And if you press your luck, you have to, and you fail, you have to go back down to one. Oh. But if you get past eight, it now goes only goes down to eight. Yeah, so, so you don't you reset get past the whole the, way. The, the stupid low numbers. And you're up into those high numbers, yeah. it's free sailing. And it's, I think the left went from like, I don't know, eight to winning in one row. Yeah. I mean, at least it didn't go on forever. Can I count that as a pro? <laughs> yeah, that's a pro. Sure. That's a yep, pro. Mercy pro. kill. Merciful. Yeah. All right, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Switch 16. Evan? Well, perhaps in direct contrast to a game like Ecos, the swings of luck in this game are a bit too wild for even my tastes. 
and I'm merciful with Dice Arena games. But this is one I'd pull out last, so bury it. Ed? This game is easy to learn, and it's fun to roll dice. It's fun there, yeah. But the strategy here is just way too thin for me to recommend it, so bury it. There are definitely better things to do with cards and dice just about anywhere in any other game. So I'm going to have to bury it. (laughs) Mike, where can you find it? I heard a rumor that it's online for about 30 bucks. That cannot be true. (laughs) I swear. That cannot. I swear. 29. And and that's a cheap price. I found that on one of the big online stores. Celeste, you get dice and cards and a rolling arena and felt. $30. That game sounds really good to loot for a new board game you're designing for parts. Well, if you have thoughts about Switch 16, let us know. We would love to hear from you. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you have done. And if you would like even more from this show, you can become a patron for just $3 a month and get your own exclusive patron-only podcast episodes every week they are called bonus bonus points. bonus just go to our website today and click on become a supporter if you get a chance please leave us a rating or a review uh, or just follow us on twitter facebook or instagram happy gaming explorers time to roll haha <laughs> i get it you're on a roll evan rolling out <laughs>